following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with your host, Dee Lee. It is common for all of us to take things for granted, the familiar in our daily lives. For example, our home, our job, our health, our relationships with family and friends and pets. By paying attention and polishing your own life gems, you can add your light to life. And that creates a mighty gem. On today's program, you will learn how paying attention to the small things can make your life mighty. So polish the facets of the extraordinary jewels around you by joining your host, Dee Lee. Learn how being mighty is possible when you polish the extraordinary jewels in your life. Now, here is your host, Dee Lee. Welcome to our show, Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. My name is Dee Lee, and today I'm honored to be here with our guest host, Lynn Shrill. Hi, Lynn. Hello. (laughs) There are many perceived complexities and an explosion of shiny distractions all around us and also within us to choose from. People can operate with blinders in place and numb about where they are going. We have become asleep or immune to what is around us or the possibilities and opportunities. From the discoveries of quantum physics, we know that all matter is really densely packed light. Our human bodies are a luminous collection of mighty gems, and when considered together, we are each a valuable, unique jewel. Gems tend to have a different value for each person, and when combined into a piece of individual jewelry, the value is in the eye of the beholder. Most humans today live in a normal, quote-unquote, life existence in a daily state of being overwhelmed. When we get so focused on our individual sparkling gems, and at the same time, we are trying to also figure out what kind of jewel we are in relationship with others, we can quickly get a feeling of being overwhelmed. Typically, when we reach this state of being, we tend to shut down our search of trying to find our balance. There tends to be a close association between our inner gems of our individual selves and the reflections into our outer worlds around us. Vishwa Chauvin said, don't seek happiness. The more you want to be happy, the more miserable that you will feel. Instead, just be happy, because happiness is the state of true consciousness. It is a state of non-expectance, thoughtlessness, egolessness, and a state of nothingness. So just be happy. I think that's very profound. (laughs) It's like being a flower in a meadow, or actually a being a flower on a freeway. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Most people, when asked the question, how are you feeling? They might answer with a quick, fine. You know, the voice goes up. It's a nicety rather than an opportunity to share what they are really feeling. Emotional language can be difficult and is different for each person describing feelings and emotions. The default is to use metaphors, labels, and jumbled words that can be confusing. 
That's using the theory of it being a distraction. When triggered just right, a supercharged answer can gush like a fountain. Self-expression affects all areas of your life professionally, socially, personally, creatively, and essentially. It is important to get and stay in the flow with clear self-expression. Now, the ancient cultures recognized there were active energy currents flowing around and throughout the human body. Ancient ways or philosophies describe the existence of seven energy centers, six belonging to the physical body and one outside the body above the head. More recent discoveries and knowledge um, perspectives expressed by modern-day energy healers describe an existence of 12 major energy centers and many others throughout our physical bodies. Although there is consensus of the number of energy centers, there are numerous variations of how these are configured within and around the human body. Shamanic traditions have known of and utilized these energetic centers in their healing practices. Their beliefs were based on the known facts at the time of the earth and sky energies being intermixed within the human body. Given the direct relationships between the inner and outer connections, it is important to really understand these human energy centers from a higher perspective, utilizing a basic system theory approach. While most people do not normally relate to things from this perspective, it is useful when approaching complex concepts. The basic design structure of a system is a complex whole made up of interacting interrelated elements that is the sum of all the parts. Systems appear as a circular or cyclic quality to their basic functioning. They are constantly changing and are in dynamic balance with each other. When we understand the experience or the expected interaction from a higher understanding of the overall structure, we can see a more expansive and broader viewpoint to actually understand things. Well, Peter McWilliams said, our thoughts create our reality. Where we put our focus is the direction we tend to go. And it just makes sense. We follow our thoughts. And we follow, you know, the, we determine our reality. So however we perceive that is what's true for us. And when we're coming from a balanced sense or state of being, the resulting creation is spiritually enhanced and it can actually become an inspired work. This can be observed when you look at the classic works from artists of the past. Their creations are really immortal and they provide pure beauty and joy to anyone experiencing their artistic contributions even today. So the subtle energy system um, that we've been talking about, um, there's a component of that that can be described as powerful and yet very fragile. When inspired works are created from a person's inner spiritual inspiration source, the artist is channeling the work. And being human, sometimes the artist can start out to want to share the purity of the heart, but over time can develop a sense of ego because the work has been shared successfully and it sparked a lot of interest in the market. Now, if the artist gets swept up in viewing this success as generated from themselves rather than from spiritual inspiration, that's when the ego can become overinflated. And over time, this can result in an out-of-balance energy in the subtle system and can affect their direct connection with source because it can get lost or 
take a left turn. And that, that connection with spirit is really the reservoir of pure creativity when they're in the process of manifesting. So when an artist steps into this choice of action to disconnect from spirit, their works actually become flat and detached because the spiritual juice, the content is removed from whatever it is that they're creating. So by having the higher understanding, it's embracing an understanding of the map of consciousness that affects not just each of us, but also the whole of humanity. And through this show, we're exploring these inner and outer systems. And we need to make sure the language and words are understood that are used to describe parts of the systems and how they interact with themselves and how they relate to the bigger whole system of our inner and outer being. So we've been taking a close look at the human energy center, uh, all of the energy centers, but um, in this show, we're going to be talking about the second chakra, the sacral chakra. And interestingly, you know, we can all relate to the words that offer to make us feel better or do more or whatever's speaking to us as our desire and our focus in the now moment. So the mighty gem here is our attention on the balancing focus of the deep inner purity of our spirit connection. The fragile part of this comes in when we're not focused from a central place or a sense of being, but instead are coming from the desires that just explode because our subtle energy system is out of balance and then the vibrations get out of whack. So Steve Maraboli said, how would your life be different if you stopped allowing other people to dilute or poison your day with their words or opinions? Let today be the day. You stand strong in the truth of your beauty and journey through your day without attachment to the validation of others. A very powerful statement. You know, we often don't even realize how much we're looking to other people to give us a reading on how we're doing or to take the temperature of our environment. So what would it be like, you know, uh, if, if, uh, if you did not allow other people to dilute or poison your day with their words or opinions? That's, That's a powerful huge. place to be. Yeah. And it's Shouldn't be in that higher perspective, too. I mean, that, that has really been helpful. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, and key words associated with the second chakra are words like security, sense of others, sexuality, creativity, empowerment, um, procreation, co-creativity, sincerity. Each energy center is a building block of the foundation of this interconnected subtle energy system. So it's important that each of these um, chakras, these energy centers be balanced, because if not, the entire system will be shaky, especially in the lower three chakras. So the first chakra, root chakra, um, the root energy system, needs to have enough nurturing and grounding in order for the second chakra to have a quality of security, which then leads to a sense of others in our environment and has a direct effect on our potential for mature relationships. So when our experience at an early age is positive and loving, it supports a healthy sense of individuality. So at the first chakra level or the root chakra, the word sexuality has to do with the bodily structure and instinct. At the second chakra level, it's actually about consciousness and choices. There are a lot of complexities that exist in our collective unconscious and likewise have created challenges and inhibitions in our reality. Sexual interaction of many kinds can enhance and fertilize all forms of creativity, as well as provide a deep sharing experience of laughter and joy and delight in 
just life force, life force energy. So given that a lot of the challenges in our current reality surround the various levels of approach and misunderstandings of this topic, it can become a source of fear instead of the delight that it actually is. So when we can see this from this higher vantage perspective as a life tool for greater awareness and growth, there is a whole different understanding and appreciation of the body's natural signaling and rhythms and needs. Yeah, Plutarch said, what we achieve inwardly will change outer reality. Creativity is another word that is closely associated with the second chakra. The definition of create is to bring into being or form out of nothing, to bring into being by force of imagination, to make, produce, or form, to design, to invest with a new character, to institute, to be the first to act, to make a fuss. In our society, there is a lot of pressure to adapt to the normal way of being given the rules around different situations. Gifted creative people can get lost because they are sometimes perceived as needing too much extra attention and do not conform to the norm. Steve Jobs said, creativity is just create, uh, connecting things. That's a really, <laughs> really mm-hmm. simple. When you ask <laughs> creative people how they did something, they feel a little guilty because they didn't really do it. They just saw something. It seemed obvious to them after a while. That's because they were able to connect experiences they've had and synthesize new things. Creating something is actively changing two or more known factors. When there's too much focus on conformity, it relates to too much emphasis on resistance or addiction to change. When this happens, any exploration and resulting discoveries can be difficult and some some. Sometimes it can be impossible. From a higher perspective, looking at the collective health of the second chakra, there is a lot that can be done to bring this into better balance. When defining the word empowerment, we need to also note how it differs from the word power. Power is part of the word, but it's definitely separate uh, understandings. Power is a principle, and empowerment is a process that makes us use that principle. Feelings of empowerment can mean that we are accessing all of our capabilities and potential without having to get approval or permission. It means we can be creative and use this to also assist others to be creative. Understanding the meaning of the word empowerment needs to be compared to another approach that can be misunderstood as giving away power. At this level, it is when someone misuses their power with the intention of being manipulative, judgmental, limiting, demanding, or making unreasonable requests. When there is mutual respect of the authority, wisdom of expertise of some type, there is a true connection and teachers and leaders can have a lot of positive influence on children and others. Interestingly, the word co-creativity is closely associated with the word empowerment. This word can be confusing, but basically is having a very active relationship with the process of empowerment. This word is very important as a mighty gem, as it has a lot of value when it is correctly understood and used in the process. In search of the true formula for survival, co-balancing the critical areas of our reality and worlds. 
when we focus on a harmonious emphasis in everything we are doing, it will help all of humanity as we awaken the divine in each person and collectively help the overall harmonizing efforts between the spirit and matter. Andrew Gazaldo says, or suggests, your greatest power is to be more loving, to be more courageous, to be more tolerant, to be more joyous, to be more friendly, to be more sensitive, to be more aware, to be more forgiving, to be more humble, to be more patient, to be more helpful. Makes you greater human being. I mean, that's, that's like a nice little checklist. Another very important key word of the second chakra is the word sincerity. The Oxford Dictionary defines and clarifies this as the same in reality as in appearance or seeming or profession. It is easy to be sincere if there's no fear of false authority or persecution. And the second chakra energy system relates to the critical developmental years just as the root chakra does. Any repressions, traumas, and conflicts during this developmental stage typically result in far-reaching effects and inflict you know, wounds that can be, really take a long time to heal. This energy center holds vital energies for basic living and is strongly linked to so many other critical life energy centers, such as the throat chakra, which is the center of expression. If the flow of energy between these centers is hampered, it can be difficult to find a fulfilling sense of life. And as someone is growing you know, upwards into through their other chakras as they're developing and healing, also in through their, their um, actual years, it's very, um, it feels very much like a storm if you're trying to figure out where some of these um, inequities occur or how they occurred. And you can become really wrapped up in yourself trying to figure this out. But um, as it goes along, the energy centers are really, they bring a sense of movement. And it's associated with the element of water. Symbolically, it is also interpreted as governing, governing the emotions. Earth and water work closely with each other. Water cuts through the bedrock of the earth. And, you know, obviously earth contains a lot of water and with water the earth is alive and productive and from our body's perspective it is a critical factor for hydration and on that note we're going to take a quick break and come back and explore some more little nuggets of creativity live up to your fullest potential this is the voice america empowerment channel It's time to access your magic. Tune in each week to Living in the Magic of Possibilities with your host, Glenise Hughes. Our topics cover finances, personal health, business, relationships, mediumship, and so much more. If you want to access all that is possible in your life, listen to Glenise and her expert guests who've turned the impossible into the possible. Living in the Magic of Possibilities is heard live every Thursday at 3 p.m. Pacific Time, 6 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Are you interested in actualizing your potential to be, do, and have more? If yes, then consider this your invitation. Intellike dates back to Aristotle, who used the word to describe the potential of a thing becoming itself. 
For example, a kitten has the IntelliKey to become a cat. So what is human IntelliKey? It's about discovering your destiny to live your freedom. Discover who you really are through one of the programs at www.humanintellikey.com. Be who you are here to be. And remember, your life is a powerful expression of potential. Whether you activate that for its highest good or not is your choice. www.humanintellikey.com. That's human, E-N-T-E-L-E-C-H-Y.com. Have you ever met a muse? Or consider the possibility that you are a muse and didn't know it? A muse inspires creativity, happiness, and imagination. And that's something we need every day to feel fulfilled in life. The challenge is that most media focuses on negativity. But now there is a place for you and other musers to connect with positive energy, new possibilities, and personal growth. Join www.themightymuser.com to discover curated content designed to bring you to your best self. Becoming a muser will have a direct effect on how you feel. And as you feel good, your life is good. Join themightymuser.com. It's the choice that can change everything. Success starts here. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com. It's your world. Listening to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with D. Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1 888 346 9141. That's 1 888 346 9141. You may also send us an email to jewels at mightygems.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Mighty Gems, and we're exploring the second energy center. Um, and we were talking about uh, some of the critical uh, words that are associated with this center. And um, from this perspective, from this energy center, we experience the raw gut feeling emotions, passions of love, hate, and anger. In this form, the emotions tend to be the focus rather than being fully rational. Creativity can be a full, you know, can be very full of power, and if not readily balanced, it can be very destructive experience. I mean, the idea of creation, I mean, think of a, um, like, earth creating, you know, it, it can move mountains, literally. Shakes us off like flies. <laughs> <laughs> or the storms, I mean, those, those really, mm-hmm. Lynn's experiencing that. Mm-hmm. And it can be... You know, but when it flows, anything that is felt as a split has a sense or has a sense of conflict. It can be easier to control, and there is a resulting wisdom and feeling of compassion. It's like sitting out in the sunshine, you know, and that's creation right there is bright sunshine. Life is never perfect, and there can be missing things from your early life that come forward when the energy centers are being examined under these bright lights of studying. As an adult, it is important to be patient with yourself and provide the part of you that may need to experience reparenting reassurance and be given permission to discover your deep self in a positive and safe way. That's so huge, reparenting. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's because we're, we don't always get what we think we need from our parent, right? So we actually have to give it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. At least, and at least you know mm-hmm. you can. 
Right, right. You don't think about it until you have to do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Knock on so, the door. Uh, and music could say, "Are you my mom?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Are you my mommy? <laughs> there was that one book daddy? that was always that going little duck. Our, Yeah, a little duck. Mm-hmm. Right there. Are you my mommy? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> well, Nito Quibayan said, "To acquire balance means to achieve that happy medium between the minimum and the maximum that represents your optimum. The minimum is the least you can get by with. The maximum is the most you're capable of. The optimum is the amount or degree of anything that is most favorable toward the ends you desire." And that's what you're really, really looking for in life is that optimum, you know, that place that's the best for you. So we've previously in other shows, we've explored different levels of being based on a book by Alberto Violdo entitled The Four Insights. The levels of operation available to us, according to Alberto, um, occur in four different perspectives from the serpent, the jaguar, the hummingbird and the eagle. And each of these levels are a choice of how you perceive something and also help with providing a level of a higher perspective that provides different options and insights. And Violdo associates each of these perceptual levels with an animal. So the body and physical level is associated with the serpent, which relates to things as they seem. The mind and emotions are associated with the jaguar, which is influenced by our thoughts and everything is not as it seems. And at this level, we can transform situations to be seen in a new light. As needed, there is also the ability to incorporate the level of the serpent. Now, the soul and the sacred perceptions are the domain of the hummingbird. And at this level, the direction is always clear and there's always energy to press forward instinctively knowing that the necessary basics will be available. And at this level, solutions are not necessarily clear um, at, uh, that, you know, you couldn't get those at the other two levels, but now it becomes clear because you have a more commanding sphere to make changes. The, and then lastly, the spiritual perception is associated with the eagle. And from this vantage point of the eagle, the entire picture is clear, as is the ability to see the tiniest details appear of the bigger picture. So the boundaries surrounding these various levels disappear, and then we recognize our oneness. All four of these perceptions are really helpful to have available in our toolbox of choices and options for handling the multitude of experiences that we're facing every day. Now, according to Violdo, there are four key practices that are also really helpful in bringing freedom from being wrapped up in the details and the stories of the serpent levels that are in all of our realities. So the first key practice is the practice of non-judgment, meaning you refuse to go automatically in agreement with others' opinions and you acquire a sense of basic ethics. You have a different perspective and you will find for yourself what freedom means to you rather than depending on others to, on others to um, watch and then tell you what it is. And, <laughs> you know, you don't need other people to tell you what it's about. You yeah. know, usually our judgments are based on what we've learned or been told and which can be a huge tool when we're accepting options for healing of our bodies in some way that's separate from, you know, long stories that we've either been telling ourselves or listening to from others. But when you can be detached, when you can have the practice of non-judgment, you no longer seek validation from the outside. So that's huge, just huge. Mm -hmm. And what is really key here is the words, not just reading the words, but really thinking about how you would apply them. 
And when you have them available in your toolbox, when you go through and choose, I have this tool, what does that tool do for me? It's really very um, profound experience when you're going through this. You will have a lot of aha moments. You know, I personally mm-hmm. have been tra- practicing this more recently, and it is very—it's a huge discovery. <laughs> it's a mighty gem of discovery. <laughs> you know, you become—you know—the wisdom is there within yourself mm-hmm. as you take the opportunity to really sift through those choices. Mm-hmm. Well, they say that we have everything that we need. All the wisdom that we need is within because, you know, we are we are made of the stars. We are collective consciousness embodied in, in physical form and the universe is dancing through us. So when we're detached from what we think it should look like or what we think other people are telling us or how we're supposed to be or whatever, when we're really truly in the flow of that detached state of awareness of that consciousness Everything changes. Everything changes. And and that leads us right into the second key practice, which is about non-suffering. And this is a practice of not writing stories about our pain. In the Eastern um, uh, cultures, this is known as breaking the cycle of karma and stepping into your dharma. Suffering happens when you wrap a story around a set of facts. And when we present the facts and observe the result that we get from anyone listening, it can be a situation where the story can expand based upon the reactions from the audience. So (laughs) attention to the story just makes it grow. And, you know, and then it gets more exciting and then somebody adds something else. It's like a game of telephone, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's as you repeat it over and over again to yourself and others, it just, it can get bigger and scarier and gnarlier and more thrilling and more dramatic. And, and then, you know, if we allow ourselves to be drawn into the victim mentality, then it can have just really far reaching negative effects on our whole system. And we don't think about that because we're just so caught up in how exciting it is, right? But um, Buddha teaches suffering is a universal human condition, but it really isn't necessary. Um, it's so, <laughs> so simple, you know, he's way so over simple. here. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> yeah. What is, what's yeah. going on here? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, if facts are something painful to remember, you want to feel them, but you don't want to build up so that the story escalates. So once you can get low of the suffering, you can stop learning from uh, learning your lessons from uh, trauma, conflicts, bad luck, you know, that kind of stuff. And it really just opens up the learning from the knowledge itself and the wisdom that you already have access to internally. So, um, you know, so when you have non-judgment and non-suffering, already you can start feeling the shift of, oh, you know, things, things could really be different in my world. And it's if so you, simple. Um, so simple. <laughs> it's actually releasing. It Instead is. of doing more, it's really doing less. <laughs> and feeling good about it. I mean, you can really feel it, it lift off. So it'd be like celebrating each liftoff, just like, you know, a space station going somewhere. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then the third key is really the practice, which means consistently you practice it. It doesn't mean you're always perfect. You practice non-attachment. And when you're practicing non-attachment, you can let go of, of the roles and the labels that you've put on yourself as a definition. So when you decide to shed all the stories and their limitations, now you become a mystery. And that is when you're truly practicing non-attachment. Because we all have these labels of ourselves. The 
The challenge begins when we believe that the label encompasses everything we are and how we must be perceived. You know, like we're supposed to have a certain set of interests and beliefs and behaviors. In some spiritual traditions, in order to become a monk, for example, you have to shed your nice clothes and shave your head and put on a simple, cheap robe so no one will perceive you as a person of any importance. You are forced to find your reference point internally rather than externally. So you have to get past your ego and personality and discover yourself. You have to let go of your attachments to the material and psychological dogma and focus on your divinity. So when you can let go of all these labels and and being, you, you stop needing to seek validation from other people and you do not experience the resulting effect when they don't relate to you in a way that you have dis, that predetermined to expect. So it's when they're not... Um, when you're not looking for that, you're just simply free to be whoever you want to be, whoever you are. So non-attachment just means uh, letting go of the fear of judgment and needing the validation or opinions of other people. It's really about coming from an internal place of connection. Um, and these three, th- these literally can change your life. Change uh-huh. your life. And then lastly, hmm, did you have a thought? I hear, I think oh, I heard you th- thinking. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> perceptions <laughs> yeah there's they're they're so simple people go yeah right you know how do you do that or why how can i even have it show up well it's choices mm-hmm. and like the description you have to practice and it won't happen overnight and you'll forget but by having it somewhere that you can um pull it up as a tool that you can have available just whenever you need it, um, it becomes easier and easier to put into place. Mm-hmm. And you can see the effect in yourself mm-hmm. and other people rela- relating to you. I mean, some mm-hmm. of them will probably scratch their head and shake it and leave. <laughs> well, and some might go, oh, gosh, you've lost weight. Did yeah. you get a new haircut? And, you know, really, you're in this whole different, like, space of consciousness and awareness. Yeah, so, so. you're looking around like, who are you talking about? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, and then lastly, the fourth key is the practice of beauty, which is to perceive loveliness even when there is ugliness, quote-unquote. When you make a choice to use one of these four levels of choice perceptions, the serpent, the jaguar, the hummingbird, or the eagle, you can take a position of learning from the situation rather than having it affect you on a personal level. So there's a Navajo prayer of gratitude that sums it all up by seeing all the beauty in the world around you. Beauty before me, beauty behind me, beauty all around me. So look for ways to express this practice. Bring flowers into your space. Say a gracious word to someone that will result in them feeling uplifted by what you've shared with them. Smile and notice how others smile with you. When you see beauty all around you, beauty will seek and find you. Yeah, that's huge. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Life can be ugly. You know, it's ugly enough. Like, find find the beauty and the joy in it and come from that place of non-judgment and non-attachment and non-suffering. And, you know, now you're at the core of it. Yeah, be the, be the flower in the middle of the human freeway. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but you're standing, you're not getting flattened. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Brian Tracy said, just as your car runs more smoothly and requires less energy to go faster and farther when the wheels are in perfect alignment, you perform better with 
when your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, your goals and values are all in balance. So that's, you know, pretty, so pretty true. Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. According mm-hmm. to Kino McGregor, what follows are some tips for balancing emotions. Work, tasks, errands, and chores accumulate so much so it feels like you need to work 25 hours, seven days a week just to keep up. Yet another email marked as urgent arrives in your inbox. There's no end to the onslaught of modern life. And most people are carrying these around with, with them on their phone, you know, emails, so you're, you're with it all the time. I wonder if our current fascination with zombie movies has to do with the endless amount of meaningless information that we have to sort through just to get through the average workday. In the midst of our own personal crisis of The Walking Dead, it is sometimes easier to take care of other people than it is to take care of ourselves. When one of our closest friends or family members shares openly that they are suffering, we jump in to rescue uh, trying to rescue so swiftly that it's easy to forget that we need to save ourselves too. I'm certainly glad, you know, guilty of trying to please others, molding myself according to their wishes, and placing my own emotional balance at risk, especially when it is the request of someone very close. Through yoga practice, I've learned some skills that can help me take care of myself, even when demands from the outside would apply intense pressure. How can you be a, a good zombie killer if you're not calm, centered, and relaxed yourself? That's true. With the, That's a good question. <laughs> with the, there's some easy rituals of self-care that you can integrate throughout the day. You'll keep the zombies at bay and have time for yourself and the things you value most. One of the very basic ones has to do with breathing. So if you watch your breath throughout the day, yeah, this is one of those you have to be here, <laughs> not mm-hmm. spaced out somewhere. Throughout the day, I mean, your breathing goes on whether you're spaced out or here, which is <laughs> a good thing. Um, yeah, I mean, you can have a check-in point to see what your levels, stress levels are. If you notice yourself holding your breath, breathing erratically or sighing often, then consciously take 10 deep, long breaths. And you count backwards with each inhalation and exhalation. And then you mentally label each breath to keep your mind focused on a single point of attention. Say to yourself, 10 in, 10 out, 9 in, 9 out. If possible, lie down and close your eyes, or if no quiet space is is available, um, then simply find a quiet space inside your own mind. Hopefully there is a space, because a lot of people's minds are so busy um, processing everything or trying to keep up with something. So on that quick note, we're going to take a a mind break commercial and we will be back and we will be checking in on the practice of gratitude. Change your world. Change your life. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com Have you ever met a muse? Or consider the possibility that you are a muse and didn't know it? A muse inspires creativity, happiness, and imagination. And that's something we need every day to feel fulfilled in life. The challenge is that most media focuses on negativity. But now there is a place for you and other musers to connect with positive energy, new possibilities, and personal growth. 
Join www.themightymuser.com to discover curated content designed to bring you to your best self. Becoming a muser will have a direct effect on how you feel. And as you feel good, your life is good. Join themightymuser.com. It's the choice that can change everything. Are you interested in actualizing your potential to be, do, and have more? If yes, then consider this your invitation. Intellike dates back to Aristotle, who used the word to describe the potential of a thing becoming itself. For example, a kitten has the intellike to become a cat. So what is human intellike? It's about discovering your destiny to live your freedom. Discover who you really are through one of the programs at www.humanintellike.com. Be who you are here to be. And remember, your life is a powerful expression of potential. Whether you activate that for its highest good or not is your choice. www.humanintellike.com. That's human, E-N-T-E-L-E-C-H-Y.com. We're on Facebook, along with some of the greatest minds of the world, and that includes you. Visit us on Facebook at Voice America Empowerment. You are listening to Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels with Dee Lee. To reach the program today, please call 1-888-346-9141. That's one 888 346-9141. You may also send us an email to jewels at mightygems.com. Now, back to this week's show. Welcome back to Mighty Gems. And we were talking about um, practice of different uh, words associated um, and or how to do certain things with um, helping heal or work with the second chakra. And we're talking about how to practice gratitude. You know, we tend to understand the words, but sometimes we just, we listen and it, they come in and they go away without really stopping and thinking about them. Sometimes it takes repeated consideration of what does that mean and practicing something to actually have the effect of it. So practicing gratitude, you can do this on a regular um, integral through the day if you remind yourself or just get in that mo- that mindset and consciously find something that you are truly grateful for you know check in on your heart the um, the intent is I, I mean don't try to just act on it but or pretend but by doing you know taking a look at this from a, a real heartful perspective you'll be able to say thank you from an honest heartfelt uh, voice. In order for this to work, it has to be real and grounded, and you you should connect with it. If it is too much in fantasy, then you will know that, and you'll be feeling. I mean, you'll be thinking, "Okay, I'm just fantasizing," and you'll actually fool yourself. Only the real attitude of gratitude has the power to change your emotional state. If there's nothing in your current situation that you can be grateful for for or anything that you can think in your life at any moment to be grateful for. I mean, think about, I mean, you have big things and little things. And even if you don't think of something, think of something in just a presentation of being able to wake up in a sheltered area and have, you know, what you have around you 
whatever that is. That's a very, and do this in a positive manner, so that will bring your emotional state into some balance. You can change your viewpoint. If you're stuck in the middle of intense emotions, you won't see clearly, and you will be reacting from past patterns. Act, don't react. Consciously choose your actions from a place of clarity, rather than just reacting you know, to pain or running toward pleasure. As soon as you notice yourself losing your emotional center, excuse yourself and change your view, literally. Go out, get a splash of cold water. I mean, you can, in your mind, change your level of perception into, you know, if you're at the, at the serpent level, change your, your perception to the jaguar or the hummingbird. And recast the situation as though you are viewing it from 10,000 square feet, not square feet, 10,000 feet higher. Go, go up to the level of the eagle. And you have a, a very big emotional distance and that, that becomes an opportunity to become more objective when you look down at that detail. You know, yeah, Tony it, Robbins calls this breaking state. He okay. says you got to break state. You have to get out of whatever it is that you're in, break that state, and then you can get new clarity. Oh, it's huge. Mm-hmm. And the more that you take that, um, what's interesting is um, a couple of weeks ago, I was out with my camera and uh, just walking around and we have um, a family of eagles that have taken up residence several years in a row and I was able to capture some really profound shots because they were very much right there saying take pictures and ever since then you know there are uh, several different times of the day and whatever that wherever I am I'm seeing eagles and it's very interesting as a reminder I must be needing to have that as a physical reminder operate in the eagle higher perspective and it, mm. it, it does affect me because I, I rise above whatever I can see bigger in this expansion and I feel better that's awesome so a lot of tension is wasted energy spent repressing or denying how we feel both emotionally and in our bodies instead of pretending to be something that you are not, feel honestly what you are feeling and allow the simple truth of your emotions to set you free. Don't divorce yourself from your emotional body or be too intellectual. We operate a lot in our mind. But get into your feeling, you know, drown if you have to. Acknowledge what you feel when you feel it and use that clarity as the basis for your decisions and interactions with others. So every emotion surfaces to teach you something or to tell you something. Your job is to be clear enough to recognize the emotion for the messenger that it is. Communicate to others when appropriate, but remember to do so in a balanced way that respects the person with whom you are sharing. You can also use your senses. Pleasant thoughts through the organs of your five senses orient your field of awareness toward a present moment. Even though you, when you touch, what you see, what you smell, what you taste, you can direct your awareness to what you like about your current experience. Take a deep breath when you walk out you know, through your back door or front door and see the sunlight as much as possible. Notice and appreciate your surroundings. You can also generate energy. You know, I mean, you, we are each an energy source. 
and you, you really have enough of whatever you need, especially if you have a job that requires you to stay seated for long hours. Remember to take every chance you can to get up and walk, stretch, and move around. Little bursts of physical movement help the body feel better and the mind focus more intently. You don't have to run a marathon to be energized. And sometimes it only takes a walk around the block or to go up and down a few flights of stairs. If you don't have the time to get outside, stand up in front of your desk for a few minutes every hour and either stretch or continue what you're doing while standing. Even the added physical effort of standing for a few minutes helps. Wear a pedometer. I mean, this has been a huge learning for myself. Um, Several months ago, it passed a million, million steps. And wow. it, stopped. it was so profound when it did that. You know, it stopped me right in the middle of the street. <laughs> 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 Am I going forward, backward? Is there anybody around? <laughs> you know, so you start, you know, that's a, that feels huge. And it's very interesting. I'm just looking at it right now. It's now at another 819,543 steps. So I'm almost to my second million. And you start adding that up and, you know, it, it adds up pretty quick. Take mm-hmm. the last moments, you know, reflect on things each day, on the good things about your day, seeing the negative experiences as learning and evaluate them from the perspective, you know, and maybe you have to use a perspective of one of the four opportunity levels of the, the different perceptions. But when you do that, you, each one has its own focus. When you take stock of the positive and negative emotions you experience, you can validate your progress and you can say, wow, this is how far I've come. You can daydream. Don't fill every moment of your day with Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Those are good, but let yourself relax and your mind wander. Be careful not to let your mind harp on the negative of these little you know, thought processes. Close your eyes and let the mind free you be a free agent. You know, associate with different things. Even if there are no words that accompany this state, this is like a little mini holiday floating in, you know, get on the cruise line, you know, the middle of the day. Small, refreshing daydreaming breaks help your mind integrate lessons and recuperate. You're also practicing being receptive, which is crucial to moments of wisdom and inspiration. And you can surrender. Well, it can be great to goals and visualize, you know, the future. Don't let yourself get too caught up on how things should be. Be prepared to let go of your attachments to any particular outcome so that you can be open to something bigger that floats in there. You know, something will float in. Learn that that to the yield does not mean that you lose. And be willing to compromise. Let life lead you down unexpected turns and you will discover magic in the most ordinary places. Oh, it's so true. It's so true. Always the good things come when you least expect them. It's amazing. The synchronicities. Synchronicities, yeah. Well, uh, Luminari, which is Oprah's team of uh, magazine, the O Magazine, it's the team of 15 doctors and wellness experts who coach readers to greater health, say that now is the time to attend to your inner fit fitness. It doesn't take decoding a genome to prove that you're feeling good about yourself. And um, when, when you're doing that, your body stays in better shape and your general condition is more resilient. 
And Dr. Norman Rosenthal says that people who age best are those who have positive things happening in their lives and positive feelings. So 40 to 55% of a happy disposition is genetic, but the rest can be learned. And it might be helpful to think of emotional balance as mastering a surfboard, honing the ability to take life's gnarliest waves without wiping out, and then catching the good ones and riding them all the way to shore, enjoying every last splash. What it takes to stay on the board will vary for each of us. Outwardly, life delivers ups and life will deliver ups and downs, but inwardly, there's many different ways to maintain equilibrium. And so, the luminary experts suggest that you want to give yourself an emotional checkup and then practice a few basic mood stabilizing techniques, and then finally determining if it's appropriate when it's time to get help. So, um, Dr. Nancy Snyderman says some days are tougher than others, but if you generally love waking up in the morning, you're in a good spot. And if you're not, challenge what's gone sideways and see how you can fix it. So, um, you know, you want to take a look at uh, how you've been doing over the last month. Just do an emotional checkup. See where you were at and see if you can connect the dots on that. And then you also want to check your expectations about what's happening. Um, the big mistake people make is confusing emotional balance with happiness. That's from Dr. Alice Domar, who is the director of the Mind-Body Center for Women's Health at um, Boston IVF. The huge number of people on Prozac in this country includes many, I think, who were experiencing life's ups and downs normally, but had an expectation of constant happiness. A normal life means feeling pretty satisfied with the way things are, having some moments of joy and some moments of sadness and anxiety. So no matter where you are on your emotional surfboard, you just want to make make it an easy ride for you. So um, again, take a break, uh, a mental break, just, you know, imaginary or real, that just kind of settles things out. You want to daydream, um, you know, fake it till you make it. We've talked about that before, but you want to, um, you know, just hold your head high and high and walk with confidence and, you know, pretend that you're Sasha Fierce. <laughs> so uh, you want to just go to a bookstore and browse, get eclectic content, you know, er, in, eclectic input. Just let your mind wander in a bookstore or run away, do an escape to a spa. So, you know, you don't have to um, go big. You can just escape to a friend's house for the weekend or just get in the car and drive or just be a tourist in your own town. There's a lot of things that you can do. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Natalie Goldberg says, whether you're keeping a journal or writing as a meditation, it's the same thing. What's important is that you're having a relationship with your mind. And that's what this is about is having a relationship with yourself. So, you know, if you're writing for emotional balance, it gives you a greater sense of flexibility within yourself, a broader emotional perspective, and it also gives you confidence in an ongoing way in how you live with your emotions. So, you know, really we, um, our emotions will build and, uh, and it's like water. Water is the most powerful force on the planet, but, you know, if we can ride those emotions and we can learn how to manage those, those tides and we can uh, make it so that it's not, you know, the rushing rapids but really you know that we're floating along and we're bobbing along that and a lot of that comes from just taking care of ourselves and getting enough sleep and eating right and you know having wonderful moments of um, connection within ourselves you know it's all of those things just stop and pay attention so that you can see how you're doing um, from a real vantage point like really pay attention to yourself and that is how you can actually get into um, balancing the feeling and the flow of life you want to feel it and you want to flow with it and just learn and go and grow (laughs) yeah mighty gems is about sparkling and as you're sparkling you ponder the importance of what we have just shared 
And we have a lot of grounded earth energies. We have a lot of connection to ourselves, to nature, and to others. And with one insight, one choice, and one action, it is all so very fascinating. We broaden our perspective and our prospecting arena and can go up and above and beyond where we have ever believed we can go and grow. We will have that normal feeling of operating at the level of the eagle. Join us next Friday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. And have a fabulous weekend. Thank you for joining Dee Lee for Mighty Gems, spotlighting everyday jewels. Be sure to come back for another great show next Friday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Enjoy your weekend, and we'll see you here next week.